Where the spirit 
like the weight has been lifted. Grace is waiting for you. Dance like the weight has been lifted. Grace is waiting for you. Dance like the weight has been lifted. Grace is waiting.
that bridge again. Come on, we got to believe it. Miracles are taking place. The prodigal's coming home. Come on, every voice, sing it out. Prodigals come home. The helpless find home. Love is on the move when the Father sings. He's here this morning. The dead come to life. Yes, love is on the move. Love is on the move. He's moving right now. Come on, sing it out. Miracles take place. The sinning won't find me. Hallelujah. 
watch the darkness flee. I raise a hallelujah in the middle of the mystery. I raise a hallelujah. Fear you lost your hold on me. you today you are holy you are holy we stand before your presence we tremble at your feet for you and you alone are holy 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 are you Lord be exalted in this place 
May your presence fill this room. We bow before you, Lord, for there is no one like you. There is no God like our God. There is no God like our God. He alone is worthy. He alone is worthy of our praise. And oh, if we would desire him as much as he desires us. Oh, if we would desire to be in his presence and fall at his feet as much as he desires and he longs for that relationship with us. And so today, Father, we fall at your feet. For there is no one like you. No one like you. church is holy
so many times we come to the Lord and we have a lot of things we want to ask for, and that's okay. He wants us to talk to him like that. He wants us to ask. But the most precious times are the times when we stop everything we're doing. And this is why gathering on Sunday is so important, because we know that corporately declaring who he is is how we fight battles. Do you know that in his presence there is no fear? There is absolutely no way to be in the presence of God and experience fear all at the same time. It's just impossible. It is impossible. So right now you have room. You have space where you are. And if you would just bow down and worship him for one minute, stop everything, stop all the worries, all the things going in your, in your mind right now, all the worries, the concerns of this world, just stop for a minute. And let's just bow at his feet. Just bow at his feet. For he is worthy. He alone is worthy, church. There is no fear in the presence of God. It is impossible. It is impossible. in his presence just declare his holiness holy holy are you God hallelujah thank you Lord for your
Let's sing it. Lift up your voice. Holy, holy, Lord God Almighty, holy, holy, Lord God your presence reminds us, God, of your holiness. And God, right now in this moment, Lord, I want to thank you, God, that in your presence, in the fullness of your holiness, God, Lord, we stand in freedom and in confidence because of what you've done. You have welcomed us in to your presence, God. You have welcomed us into your holiness because of the finished work of Jesus Christ in our life, Lord. God, we have no reason to be ashamed to stand in your presence this morning. God, we have no reason to be timid to stand in your presence today. Instead, Lord, we stand with thankful hearts and we lift up our voice. We declare, Lord, you are holy. Holy, holy, holy is the only word that to describe you this morning, Lord. Holy is the only word, God, that would describe you in this place. So, Lord, we just say thank you, God. That we get to experience your holiness and the fullness of who you are. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Everyone said, come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Welcome to first service. And as you're getting settled, um, there, are, there are some good things we want to remind you of that are going on. Um, one of the things that we uh, want to share with you is that uh, actually today, after church service was over, uh, the Limas and the Smiths were scheduled uh, to go to Brazil for two weeks. And all those things, we need to continue to pray for Brazil and the churches there that we would have been working with and all those things. Uh, we're still praying on when that happens, uh, maybe next year, those type of things. But uh, many of you have heard us talk about Pastor Ignacio and uh, his powerful work there in Adaguacima. And uh, remember the church plant that our VBS kids raised money to help plant a church in Bonfim? Y'all remember that a couple of years ago? That church is thriving and remember the story of that. If you've never heard it, we'll tell it again one day. But there'd never been a church in this town. As a matter of fact, there was all kind of Satanism that happened in this town. And the history of this town, there had never been the gospel preached. And Pastor Ignacio wanted to plant a church there. But all the pastors in this area were scared to go to that town because of the demonic activity that always happened there. And so when we were there the last, that one time, Pastor Ignacio was just tearing up. And I said, well, I want to go. Take me to this town. And he looked at me and said, you mean you would go? And I said, absolutely. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Amen. Like, we went over there. And from there, we came back. Our VBS took up their offering. And it was enough to plant a church in Bonfim. And that church has been thriving ever since. Uh, we've been, amen. Give the Lord a hand of that. Amen. 
we had an opportunity to go back the last time we were there and see just the children's work that's taking place in that community and those type of things. Uh, w- next week, everybody say next week. We want to come and receive a free will offering to help Pastor Anasio with their live streaming um, equipment. Now, uh, obviously, uh, Brazil is still really under lockdown and those things. We have relationship there. And uh, Pastor Nacio is still preaching the gospel the best way they can. But we, we have uh, been talking as elders, and we would love to help them. Matt and the media team have been talking about what they need in order to make their live streaming better, to reach more people there in uh, Brazil, uh, and those type of things. And so next week as a church, I want you to come prepare. Just give what a, a free will offering, and all of that is going to go uh, we'll have some baskets just for Brazil. Uh, and the media team's going to put together a plan in order to make sure that they have some great equipment uh, uh, to make sure that the vision is accomplished. Okay? So next week, it'll be very, very good. Let's give the Lord a hand for that, right? And that's just another way of us saying, look, we're, you know, it's beyond our We were supposed to be there as a church, and just all of this has happened, and uh, it's not, we're not able to do that. So we can still love on them this way. Amen. Uh, and uh, actually, it'd be a whole lot less money than we're going to spend going, amen, because uh, it's expensive to travel to Brazil, but uh, those are good things. So uh, next week, next week, one service, 10 a.m., amen, come on, uh, that's Sunday morning, uh, New Hope Music's going to be here, you guys know them, we play their music every week, and here's, here's the heart of New Hope, they haven't copyrighted their album, that's why we can play it over live stream and not get booted off of Facebook and YouTube. And they did that on purpose. Um, and these are wonderful people. You met them last year. But uh, Saturday night next week, we're going to do a ministry night. It's been a long time since we were able to do that. So that's going to happen at 6 o'clock on Saturday with New Hope. And then Sunday morning, 10 a.m., New Hope's going to lead worship. It's going to be a great time and there. Amen. If you're going to do Father's Day picks, we've put it back here this year. So we can avoid the congestion back there. So make sure you take picks with Dad back there. We've always had this tradition at uh, Firm Foundation Ministries on Father's Day, uh, uh, just to bless some of the fathers who are in the room, and we want to continue to do that this morning. I'm not going to tell you what Tim and Lynette suggested was one of the uh, categories that we uh, bless our, our fathers with, but let me tell you how important fathers are. This morning, you saw uh, Mr. Danny Wales on stage leading us in worship, but you also saw Joe Wales, his son, leading us in worship And you also saw, come on, one of Danny's grandsons. Yeah, yeah. Three generations, this is the legacy of a father. We want to point that out to you on Father's Day. So Taylor is helping lead worship and and those things. Mark was going to help, but he said puberty took care of that for him. So he he doesn't sing anymore. Sorry, Mark, I had to do it. Um. It, it's hilarious. Uh, it was, he was fine singing until puberty hit. And uh, so it's on pause. Hello, somebody. Uh, this morning, though, we want to do something. Um, uh, and I want to honor some of the guys, uh, the dads in the house, just to set the theme for who we are this day. And so what, I, what I'd like to do is uh, I'm going to take the youngest dad in the room. Not you, Eddie. Put your hand down. And so uh, do, do we have a father who is 20 years old or younger? Raise your hand. You've got to lift it high. Eddie, stop it. You're in church. No, 25 and younger? Wow, we got some old guys today, right? Like, uh, All right, so I'm 30 and younger. Man, you guys are reaching my age already? Who's over here? All right, uh, uh, John, how, how old are you? Come on, tell us. 
you are 30. So uh, John's our youngest dad in the room for first service. So, um, hey, Dale Holm, won't you take that back there to, to Mr. John? Love you, bud. Thank you for who you are. Um, and uh, all right, so I want to do another one here this morning. I want to do the dad with the most children in service with him right now. So is there a dad in service who has more than five kids with him right now? Huh? No, Eddie's, Eddie's cheating. Eddie's got this philosophy, win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. That's Eddie's. All right, who? raise your hand. Back in the back. Daniel Green, how many kids you got? You have three. Does anybody have more than three kids with him today? All right, Tim, how many you got? Four? How many, Joe? Oh. <laughs> All right, so Tim Hall's our winner back there, all right? Here you go, Mr. Dale Holm. Take that back there to Tim. Congratulations, Tim. It's, it's a $10 gift card to Applebee's, and so treat yourself to lunch. One of, the mo one of my favorite, this is my favorite uh, one in the sense that it, it speaks of legacy, right? And uh, uh, it, it does speak of legacy, and um, it, it's an important thing. Um, I want to just talk about what faith means today to us as men and as fathers and examples, those that we look to. So I want to honor the oldest dad who's in service today. Now, Eddie's not raising his hand now. He's pointing to Doug. So we got a dad who's 70 or older in the service with us right now. 70 or older. Okay, 75 or older. Keep your hand high. Way, Bill, uh, all right, 80 and older. Hey, Mr. Bill, how old are you? You're not 80? All right, we, we, all right, we had two, 75 or older, raise your hands. All right, uh, 78, Mr. Ron? 79. Hey, Mr. Ron, come here. I want Mr. Ron to come here. Now, this, is, this wasn't planned, but it is, it is the anointing of God. Uh, I want Mr. Ron to come up here so we can see something, because I think this is powerful. Um, when, when I spoke to Mr. Ron this morning, come up here with me, my friend. Um, um, I asked him in particular, I, well, I just said, Happy Father's Day, right? Happy Father's Day. And y'all don't understand, Mr. Ron was out pouring cement with us the other day. Uh, uh, crazy. Um, and, and he looked at me and he said, this is my 50th Father's Day. Hello, somebody. I got a late start. And he said he got a late start on that, amen. So uh, we want to honor you today for being the oldest dad in service with us today. Thank you for what you represent to all of us men here. This is just a little gift. We love you, brother. Amen. God bless you. Hey, give him a hand, right? Very good. I, I tell you what, when I am 79 years old, I hope I look as good as Mr. Ron, right? Uh, uh, and pouring cement at that age is uh, it's a great thing. I uh, couldn't believe that. So now, hey moms, we miss you on Mother's Day because of COVID, but because we are a, a good uh, leadership team and we love you, we're not going to leave you out. Ah, come on guys, give them a hand. Give them a hand. All right. So youngest mom in the room, we have a mom who's 20 years or, or 20 years old or younger. Like, now, Eddie's trying his best to win these things. 25 
or younger? 25 or younger over here? Hey, Miss Amber, how old are you? Uh, Miss Amber's 24. You guys are racking up today, right? Give her a hand, right? <laughs> so they got 20 bucks. They're out to lunch together. Amen. That's great. I love it. Um, okay, uh, how about the mom with the most children this morning? The mom with the most children. So five, five. Uh, now look at Tanya. She's trying to pull a Joe Wells. <laughs> uh, all right, Christy, how many kids you got? Four. Anybody, a mom in service right now have more than four kids with her right now? No, no. The lights are a little bright in my eyes. So, all right, it's Christy. So, Tim, Tim and Christy are there. Hey, Mr. Delholm, take that back there to them too, right? So, give her a hand. Come on. Let's celebrate, Mom. We, we didn't want to miss you. And again, ladies, this is a great day to tell your age. Hey, don't, don't. It's not like I ask you to stand on a scale and tell your weight, okay? It's just your age. It's just your age. Right? Doug says that's the prize next year. <laughs> Mother's Day. Oh, Lord. So, um, oldest mom in the room. We have a mom who's older than se- or 70. I need your hands go up high. Esther? Miss Esther's here. How old is Miss Esther? Esther Wolf? Miss Esther's 85 years old. Come on, let's give her a hand, right? Hey, sweetheart, will you take this to Miss Esther? My wife's going to deliver this to Miss Esther, and we love you. Uh, Miss Esther Wolf has been a part of our church ever since I've been here, uh, and uh, it's been so good. been a great supporter, and uh, I, 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 um, I, I love talking to Miss Esther because she always talks about my haircut or whatever happens on that Sunday. But anyway, come on, let's give all of our dads and moms a hand today, right? All right, I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1, and uh, as you're turning there, uh, what an incredible blessing we have today. What's that? Yes, uh, we're, we're moving right there. So, um, <clears throat> um, number one, um, we talk a lot here about how some of our high schoolers have been going right from high school out in the ministry field into Global Bridge and those type of things. We have a ton of Global Bridge students here this morning. Amen. They came in for Tyler's Way. Let's give them all a hand, right? So our kids aren't the only ones, right? There's California and Florida and all over the world. Uh, so we welcome you guys. Uh, Tim and Lynette and Joe and Tanya, you guys are coming to the stage right now. So come on to the stage. So this is uh, an exciting time for us. Every year we get to do this. It's called a transition walk where we have the 8th graders that uh, go from Joe and Tanya, John and Christy, and come over to the high school youth group. Um, There's quite a group this year. What is it? 10 kids? 12 kids? Um, So we're super excited about it. I think looking at our group for this next year, uh, there's over 40 kids in high school alone, if everybody shows up. So that's super exciting. Um, 
So we're just going to ask if we call your name that you'll come across. They have a gift for you. And then we will give you a t-shirt and a, a schedule thing on this side. So go ahead. All right. I know we're in a hurry, but I got to just real quick. Happy Father's Day. Um, a special shout out to the dads of these 12 eighth graders that we're getting ready to honor. You have amazing kids and the role you play in their lives is huge. So thank you. Um, I said something last year. I want to say it again because it is that important. And um, I want to say thank you to the children's church and Sunday school teachers because our kids need you. And it doesn't matter what age group um, you're working with. You make a difference. And those kids... Um, who's watching Veggie Tales with you and puppet plays turn into our Aftershock kids. They have testimonies. They turn into Illuminate, and we get to watch them hop planes and serve all throughout the country. So we love them. Four years with these 12 have been amazing. Uh, they've made us laugh and cry and all that fun stuff, so I'm not going to cry again. We will miss them. You keep taking all of our kids. I'll talk to you about it later. So, uh, middle schoolers, if you're out there, you're welcome to join us. Come see us. Uh, Carly Kraus. <laughs> They're going to take their walk of fame. Mr. Devin Hawkins. J.J. Delholm. They're freshmen, guys. They should still be in diapers. Miss Hannah Eckert. Don't let her fool you. She is not quiet. an Eckert. <laughs> um, I did not see uh, Bryson McKee, Paris Lugo. We'll catch some of them second service. Mr. Taylor Wells. He's glad to move on without us. <laughs> um, I also did not see Michael Willison, Second Service, Cohen Longacre, Jordan Munson, um, and we get two that are from other churches. We love having them too, Kara Wilson and Lupe Mokena. For the rest of the Illuminate kids, I have t-shirts for you too, so make sure you come and see us and we'll get you one. Amen. It's so good. Come on, let's give all of our kids another hand. And, and I, I want you to understand that none of this happens, okay, without those who have committed to those young people for our youth ministry. So all that you saw up here, those leaders, they give their life 
Amen. When the rest of us are probably relaxing and doing our thing because our kids went somewhere, they are here with your kids. And let me tell you something. You know who your kids are. These people are saints. Y'all need to give them a hand. Amen. Right? And I'm sure all the Global Brig kids would probably tell you the same thing, that there's an influential youth leader that's been in their life at some point. And it's very powerful. So thank you for all of our leaders who commit to those particular things. Amen? Hallelujah. So now, Matthew chapter 1. I want to talk to dads this morning because it's Father's Day and it's relevant. And I want you to understand, when I preach on this particular topic... I have, uh, I preach on this topic with a particular thought in my mind. And the fact that uh, as I grew up, uh, my dad w- drove a truck, so he was usually gone Sunday evening through Thursday afternoon. And, and so he was a, a long haul truck driver, and uh, I, I would get to see him Thursday afternoon, Friday, and Saturday, all day Sunday, and, and those type of things. We had a lot of interaction, those things. When I, when I think about my dad, though, here's what I think about a man. Not a man who was gone a lot because of work. But when I think about my dad, I think about a man who always kept his word to me. If my dad gave me his word, he always kept it. it was, if it was a promise, my dad kept it. Amen? If it was, uh, if it was a commitment to uh, some type of... Uh, uh, let's just say learning correction because I did something wrong. And he said, if you do this, this is the, this is the consequence. My dad, hello somebody. My dad always kept his word. Sometimes keeping his word and the promise was a beautiful thing. And sometimes in, in my life, my dad keeping his word to me was a painful thing. Hello somebody. But the one thing I can always tell you about my dad is he always kept his word, even through struggles, even through wrestlings, all those things. My dad had gotten saved a few years back, and uh, you guys rejoiced with me over that particular instance. But even all those years back there, my dad lived in integrity when it came to his word to me. And that included a very painful moment in my life when... I was still 15, almost 16. I had to move out. I've been on my own since then. Uh, And you can imagine what a a 16-year-old boy who's not saved on his own, you can imagine what life looked like. Thank God that I met the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, at 20 years old. But my dad kept his word to me. And while that may bother some of you in your mind, it doesn't bother me. Because when I came into a relationship with Jesus Christ, when I came to know Father God, the one thing that I would always be confident in is because my earthly father had always kept his word to me, I just naturally believed that my heavenly father would too. And growing up, I had a healthy respect for Terry Smith. There was not a fear of timidity, but an understanding that regardless of what was going to happen, my dad would keep his word. If I did good, he would keep his word. If I did bad, he would allow me to experience the consequences of the word he had given me. In other words, my dad too proved to me that he wasn't a punisher 
of sin. That punishment was built into the sin. And neither is my heavenly father. He's not a punisher of sin. But it's built into those things. And as men, we need to understand that. Because we live in a world that raises us to be men. Not of ethics. Not of men of character. Not of men of integrity. We live in a world that teaches us that situational ethics are okay. And it causes us to be men of compromise. It causes us to be men of less than who we should be. And this morning, I don't want to beat you up. Guys, this is not a sermon of addition. It might actually be a sermon of subtraction. Watch this. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. I, I, I want you to really just grab a hold of this today, guys, because I want to bless you. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. Pay attention, because this is the way it happened. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. And her husband, everybody say husband. Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying... Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. But listen, Joseph would have been a man who would have understood the prophecies, understood what the prophets spoke. Joseph would have been a man who would have understood those particular things. And so God was speaking something about Joseph before Joseph was even born. And he wouldn't realize that God was speaking through the prophet about him in particular until this moment. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they, everybody say they. That would be dad and mom, because dad and mom name children. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to the son, and he called his name and he called, and Joseph called his name Jesus. Come on, church. Today is Father's Day. I want to speak to you as men, as fathers. I want to speak to you about a man who I believe the scripture, from, from, just in context, this man, Joseph, can often be overlooked in the Scripture. He can be overlooked in the Scripture. He can be uh, 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 overshadowed by the prominence given to his wife, Mary, the mother of Jesus. And often we move past Joseph to see Mary. Often the story, and when we read this particular scripture and we preach from this particular scripture, the context is about Mary or about Jesus. It's very rarely about Joseph. As a matter of fact, the Bible says very little about him. 
He was the husband of Mary. He was the earthly father of Jesus. I want to challenge you men for just a moment. When's the last time you heard a sermon on Joseph? Not the Old Testament Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus Joseph. When's the last time you heard a message on him? See, I believe he's significant. I believe he's powerful. I believe he represents something to us today. Just as God chose Mary to be the mother of his son, I want you to get it in your mind this morning, gentlemen, that God also chose Joseph to be Jesus' earthly father. He also chose him. God knew who Mary would marry. Hello, somebody. It wasn't by happen chance that God just found a young lady who fit the mold and God left it to circumstance that, well, one day she'll have a husband and I hope he'll be a good dad to my son. Come on, somebody. No, 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 no. There's a chosenness to Joseph's life. We might overlook Joseph. We might neglect Joseph. We might move past him in the scripture for the sake of the miracle of what happened. To get to Mary because, you know, she's highly favored among women. To, to get to Jesus because he's the son of God. We might overlook Joseph. But let me tell you something, gentlemen, in this room. I want you to be blessed this morning. God didn't overlook him. There is a chosenness to him. God himself put a chosenness on Joseph because God needed someone to be a father to Jesus on earth. Gentlemen, let this sink in. Come on. My wife made me watch a movie years ago. Right? Come on, dudes. You ever just had to like watch a movie with your wife? And, and you, know, you know what's going to happen, right? When you watch, it's a chick flick. Got to watch this chick flick. You know what I'm saying? You know what's going to happen. The name of this movie was uh, like, Who Will Love My Children? And I knew right away this was going to be an exercise of endurance to show my wife that I love her. Come on, dudes. I knew. I knew right away. This is not about watching the movie, Lord. This is not about even enjoying the storyline. This is to demonstrate to my wife that I love you. I remember this movie. And uh, it, it's, uh, it's a desperately sad movie. Um, you know, one of those movies, guys, where your wife systematically cries through the whole film. Yeah, yeah, you, you know those ones, right? And, and at the end of the movie, it's that kind of movie at the end of the movie where your wife looks at you and goes, I was so sad. Wasn't it beautiful? Just like... Yes, it was so beautiful. You know, you, you practice sucking snot just so, right? Like, you know, right? That kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is my sermon. You stay out of it. Here's the movie. It's this poor family who has a, a, a lot of kids. Um, and um, they're a hardworking family. And the, the mom discovers that she has a terminal illness and she's not going to live for another year. And her and her husband both understand that in, it, because of how poor they are and everything that's going on, um, when she dies, the dad's not going to have the ability to take care of all of the children just because of life. 
And so she spends the last year of her life desperately seeking parents who will take her children before she dies. And she makes it her goal to make sure that each and every one of her children are placed with good parents before she dies. So if you're preparing to watch this movie, uh, it just, you know, you, you'll need a couple of boxes of Kleenexes, right? And guys, you need to practice. You know, it'll work. It'll work, trust me. As I think about this movie, it makes me think about the birth of Jesus. Just like that woman who loved her children so much that she wanted to personally choose their parents. She loved her children so much that she did not want to leave it to chance. Gentlemen, our Heavenly Father, in the same way, went looking for parents to raise his son on earth. He did not want to leave it to chance. And for all of you fathers who are in this room and listening right now, I want you to understand something. You may have it in your mind that you are a dad by accident or by chance. Maybe you're a father and, and you became a father because you didn't, and you didn't plan it. It just kind of happened or all those things. To every dad who's listening to me right now, maybe you did plan, amen, to have children. But it, 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 you just kind of feel sometimes that this is just kind of the way life is. It's not really what those type of things. And I'm not really sure what I'm doing. Hello, somebody, right? I'm not sure how this works. And I'm not really good at it. I want you to understand something to me with me this morning, gentlemen. You are not a dad by chance. Just like God went looking for a man who would be an earthly father for his children. God went looking for a man who would be a father to the children you would have. You are ordained and chosen by God to be a dad to the children that you have. This is why the world that we live in breaks my heart. And kids, you also need to remember that you might think your dad's messed up, but you need to brace yourself that God chose him for you. When you don't understand him, when he doesn't make sense, when he seems heavy-handed, when he seems uninvolved, when he seems neglectful, all of those things. He's imperfect. He needs Jesus just like everybody. You need to rest in the fact, children, that God himself chose that man for you. That's why when I think about this day, I think about my dad. God chose him for me. And I, I wasn't the best son. <laughs> no, I'm not going to let him tell stories. I, Tim beat me to Florida last time just to hear him. I still don't know what he, Tim and Bo McMillan, they were there two hours before I got there just to hear my dad tell stories about me. And they still haven't told me what he said. I'm sure it'll come up. That's why Tim hasn't preached in a long time, right? <laughs> the preaching schedule is my responsibility. God searched the earth and he found a young lady. 
for the physical act of conceiving a child. Think about this. Joseph wasn't needed. Any male, hello somebody, can be a uh, donor. But men are called to be fathers. God went looking for a father. God clearly demonstrates for us, gentlemen, that the role of the father is an important role. Fathers are, not, are, are needed, in, in, not just for the conceiving of children, but God brings us into a place, right? A, amen. To fill a role in a child's life that represents who he is. Now, let me say this real briefly for all you single parents who are here and listening. I don't want you to walk away from this for feeling, you know, let down or, or condemned and all those things. Don't despair, right, that your children are beyond hope because a father is gone or because a mother is gone. Don't do that. This is not the case, okay? This is not what I want you to get today. God's so gracious that he even wrote in the scripture, though my father and mother forsake me, yet the Lord will not. Nevertheless, the normal pattern in, a, in God's idea in a child's life is to be raised with a father and a mother. And don't come to Pastor Don talking about step parenting. I'm going to hurt your feelings. Because it's not biblical. Joseph proves it. Jesus was a stepchild. It's amen or oh me. Don't, don't come in here and talk about my, parent, my kids and her kids or his kids. Don't do that. One of the most beautiful things that my family experiences is that if we did not tell you, most people wouldn't know, right, that Lisa's not TC's mom. And that's the way it should be. I love watching people's eyes and their wheels turn and burn when I tell them that I have a 36-year-old daughter. I, I don't even explain it. Because it's not my issue. She's my daughter. And if you want to make sure and understand a guy who was made very clear of that, you can talk to my son-in-law. And he showed up at my house talking about this is the girl for me. Negative junior. <laughs> me and you going to go get ice cream. And two and a half, three hours later, we came back to the paralyzed faces of my wife and daughter. She, she was mine. God gave her to me. I may not have been there the day she was born. Hello, somebody. I want us to understand that just as God looked for a godly young woman to bring forth the child Jesus, so he looked for a godly man to be his father. Now, let me work through this with you real quickly, gentlemen, because I want to bless you today. Firstly, I want you to note this about Joseph. He was a loving man. All right, you need to write it. He was a loving man. Scripture draws us a picture of this guy, right? Like an incredible way here. Here we are. Let me show you the first way he was loving towards Mary. Gentlemen, it is very important for your children to see you love your wife. Yes, come on, ladies. It is very important for your children to see you love their mother. 
And it is okay for you to tell your children, right now is not time for you because mom and I are having time together. They'll be all right. They will be all right. Because they grow up then learning, my dad is loving my mom. And he needs space to do that. I'm not second best. As a matter of fact, he's making me a priority by loving my mom. So many parents don't get to spend any time together because their children dictate their time. Stop it. Let them see you love their mother. Joseph finds out that Mary's pregnant. Let me bless you right here. And he had, he, listen, he hadn't had some great revelation yet. It wasn't like uh, the angel came and preferenced this for Joseph, right? Hey, Joseph, I just want you to know Mary's going to show up and she's going to have some news. And uh, you need to be all right with it. No, 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 no. Mary shows up with a bump. And Joseph's in the place to go, hey, wait a minute. Now, I don't know what's going on here. No one's told me this. Uh, I know how that happens. And the one guy on planet Earth that I can eliminate is me. How do you think he felt? Come on, young guys. You've fallen in love with this beautiful young girl. You've done all the right things. You brought all the flowers. You sent all the cards, right? You put on the right cologne, right? You even put on deodorant. Come on. One of the greatest investments young guys can make is deodorant. Don't be afraid. Spend some money. You go around her stinking. She got, listen, I got to move on. Pull your pants up too, please. Comb your hair. Brush your teeth. Right? All you young ladies swooning over these guys who can't pull their pants up and brush their hair. He ain't going to get a job when you get married. I'm just telling you. Put him up the road. Tell him to come back when he can pull his pants up. Uh, all right. We talking about dads? Okay. Um, think about this. You pursue her in the customary way. You get right permission. You do all the things right. You've had these stolen moments with her. We've talked about the dreams you have as a future together. This cottage, these white picket fences, a family, maybe a business, and then out of the blue, this sweet girl that you fell in love with, that you thought was the most perfect woman in the world. She shows up pregnant, and not only pregnant, newly pregnant, and you don't know who the father is, but you know who the father ain't. How does that make you feel? Angry? Betrayed? Am I preaching this morning? The penalty for adultery in the Old Testament was death by stoning. And the penalty applied to betrothals. Because the betrothal meant in the, in the, in the Bible that you were already married anyway. Come on, church. But upon discovery that she's pregnant, Joseph was in a moment where he said, you know what? Even divorce is required to break off the betrothal. But if I do this publicly, not only is she going to be humiliated, she may be killed. Even before Joseph was in that position, he had no vengeance and no bitterness in his heart because the Bible says that he was minded to put her away secretly. He loved Mary. In the greatest moment of his heartbreak. Come on. 
He loved Mary. He didn't want to see anything bad happen to her. Understand, this was, a, this was an, an incredible moment. Joseph was kind. Forget romance novels right now for a minute, ladies. Gentlemen, here's a real love story. Based on real commitment. And husbands, the Bible says to us today that we must love our wives as Christ loved the church. And the example is that we must love our wives sacrificially, even as Christ loved the church to lay hell in his life for that. Mary, listen, was a woman that Joseph loved. We see that. He was also a loving man in his relationship towards Jesus. When Jesus came along, a child he had not helped conceive there was no attitude in Joseph's life that this boy isn't my flesh. There was, this, there was no resentment. There was no indifference towards him. There was no lack of love. As a matter of fact, what we see is that Joseph did what a father would do. He nurtured Jesus. Hello, somebody. He protected Jesus from the hatred of Herod. That's my son. Herod doesn't get to kill him. And he even taught Jesus his trade, which is what a father usually does for a son. Come on, somebody. With the intent to say, when I die, it's your business. Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, he adopts the one that the rest of the world would reject. Oh, come on, gentlemen. I'm preaching to you this morning. Come on, I'm preaching to you. Let me, let me bless you with this. And as the guys and I were working through this the other day, I love working through the sermons on Thursdays with the interns. And Jake and Bobby got to help a little bit this week, so it was really good, right? We had those five guys, and we were just collaborating over this sermon. And, and, and what we came to the conclusion is, is, think about this. Joseph himself is tied to David, King David, so that Jesus would be connected to David's throne, Today, by contrast, we see men prepared to abdicate their role towards their children as a father. Men are opting out of the father's role because it costs something. Men, let me tell you something. Joseph was tied to David so Jesus would be connected to David's throne. Men, God chose you so your children could be connected to Jesus. Let me bless you. That thought didn't come from your pastor. That came from some 20-ish young-year-old men. Let that sink right into our hearts and lives, gentlemen. That our young men are saying, I want, I want to be connected to Jesus. And I realize, right, that being connected to Jesus means I have to be connected to the man that God put in my heart and in my life as my father. He's my connection. I love it. Secondly, watch this. Joseph was a devout man. Now, I've got to move because I want to be done on time. He was a man who obeyed God, and he explicitly followed the Lord's direction. Now, this will challenge us, guys, because I know this is where we're at. We're always looking for a shortcut. We're always looking for a shortcut because, see, we're more interested in our lives as, as men being comfortable than we are for our children. 
to be blessed. I'm, I know I'm preaching. I know it's heavy, but it's all right. He, he was a man who obeyed God. He didn't follow his own marked out plan. He wanted God's plan for his life. And obviously this plan was not what he had in mind. Hello, somebody. But when God spoke to him in a dream, he said, go ahead and marry. Amen, this beautiful woman. I've done this thing, even though she's pregnant. I want you to take her as your wife, Joseph. And the Bible says he obeyed. And then when God spoke to him and said, hey, I need you to take your wife and Jesus to Egypt so that he'll stay safely. You know what he did? He packed up shop. Amen, he closed down his business he packed up his family regardless of the cost to him and he went to Egypt to a place where none of his people lived where pagans lived come on someone he did what God asked him to do regardless of the cost why because he was a father mm. he was a devout man he was a man of obedience he was a man of faith it takes faith to pack up everything and move to a foreign country with no prospects or planning. I mean, when we send missionaries, we spend a couple of years planning. They got to move house, and we think, man, this is so difficult. They got to pack up everything. They got to go over there and all this good stuff. And man, it's so difficult. No, no, no. God, uh, Joseph has a dream, and he gets up the next morning and says, hey, y'all, get in the wagon. It takes faith. He could have made all kind of excuses. But fathers, let me tell you this. And I put it up here because I want you to write it down. Fathers, your faith will speak to your children. Raise them in an environment of faith towards God. There's a story of a farmer who planted this bumper crop because he, he needed an extra crop in, in order to pay off some creditors that he had uh, and, and in order to make the family last for another year financially. And, and it was beautiful. The crop came up. Everything was well. And it was just a few days before the harvest. And he was actually going to get to harvest this crop, pay off all the creditors and have enough money for his family to live the rest of the year. And just days before the harvest, a freak storm came and wiped out the whole crop. And this story is told by a preacher who was the son of this farmer. And he says this, I was a little boy in the morning after the storm, just days we were supposed to harvest. My dad and I stood at the edge of this bumper crop field that was going to be our life for the year. And we looked at it destroyed. He said, I'll never forget this moment. Instead of my father cursing God and being angry, I heard my father sing, Rock of Ages, cleft for me. He says, of all the sermons I've ever preached and all the sermons in my life I've ever heard, that morning, Rock of Ages, cleft for me, was the most powerful sermon I've ever heard in my life. Men, what if the reward of your obedience was the legacy of faith in your children's life? I'm just asking a question. The reward's not always instant, but it is lasting. So for us as fathers, don't be discouraged. Stay devout. Joseph was leaning on God. He was a man of faith. And, and one more thing, he was a man who was faithful in his spiritual duties. He, he set the example for his family going to the temple, attending the feast. We can see that in Luke chapter 2. I don't have time to read it to you. He was regular in going to God's house. If you're a husband this morning and your wife and kids have to get you out of bed and drag you to church, I want you to flip the script. I want you to flip the script. 
Nobody should be dragging you out of bed to get to God's house. Flip the script. Be the first up. Come on. This is a great day. We get to go worship God together, right? Let me tell you something. Uh, there's a little story. It's funny, right? A little boy was playing on a Sunday morning while his dad was sitting in his recliner reading the newspaper. And, and the father said, hey, son, you need to get yourself ready for Sunday school. And, and the little boy asked, hey, dad, are you coming to Sunday school? And he says, no, I'm not coming, but I want you to get up and get ready. And the little boy said, hey, dad, did you used to go to Sunday school? And he said, I sure did. I went every Sunday. And the little boy walked away mumbling, yeah, it bet it won't do me any good either our kids are watching us dads and the one place your hypocrisy will not pass the grade is your children I'm just saying I got to move on because y'all I feel you he's a wise man Joseph was a wise man. He, he, he lived as one who redeemed his time. And let me tell you why I believe that. Because the Bible doesn't talk a lot about him. Uh, Joseph probably died when Jesus was a young man. And uh, we understand this because when Jesus was on the cross, Joseph wasn't there. As a matter of fact, Jesus speaks to one of the disciples and says, Hey, you know, this is your mother now. That, that would indicate to us that she had no man to take care of her because when the father died, then the son was responsible for taking care of the mom. And now Jesus himself is dying. He's got some younger brothers. And at this point, amen, he doesn't really trust James or Jude for some reason. I don't know. But later on, we understand that they become men of faith because they write a couple of books of the Bible. Right? Like, uh, it's pretty powerful, J James and Jude, the brothers of Jesus. We, we, we get that, right? Uh, so, w what had happened here is this moment was taking place. And, and, and it's, it's powerful. Fathers, none of us know how much time we have left with our children. None of us. Maybe you're perfectly healthy, but the Bible doesn't promise you tomorrow. Are we redeeming the time as dads? Are we encouraging our family at every opportunity? Are we setting the example for them? The Bible does say in 1 Timothy chapter 5, if anyone doesn't provide for his own house, especially those of his household, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And I know a lot of men who will look at me and say, hey, Pastor Don, I provide for my, my family. I bring home a paycheck every week. You know what? I did that too. As a matter of fact, I brought home two of them. Two 40-hour-a-week jobs. Doesn't mean I was a good father. What about the other provision? What about affection? What about example? What about godly counsel? What about laughter and warmth? What about loving concern? I'm asking us questions, gentlemen. Come on up here, worship team. Moms, if you want to go now and get your children, that'd be great. If you want to just wait. I'm closing. Gentlemen, fathers, we must provide for our own. Our own. Let us be challenged by this man, Joseph, who inspires me. I'm sure he wasn't perfect. And I'm not requiring you to be perfect. And I don't think neither are your children. He was doing his very best to redeem the time.
I want every man to stand in this room right now. I said if every man, I don't care if you're married, if you have children or you don't, I want you to stand. And I want every other person in this church to give them a hand because we love you. One day, you probably will be a husband if you're not already. One day, you probably will be a father if you're not already. You may be a man who sat in this room today and say, you know what, I have failed miserably. Join the club, okay? The mission's free. There's no cover charge. We're all in that. Together, we're all in it as fathers. And here as pastor and as an eldership team, here is my challenge to us. Submit your life to each other. This is not a sermon of addition. This might actually be a sermon of subtraction. What do I mean by that? I'm not asking you to carry more weight. I'm telling you, I'm asking you to look at your life and see what you can do away with. Because some of the things as dudes that we think is important that rob us of our ability to be good fathers and good husbands, in the grand scheme of things, they mean nothing. Do away with it. Do away with it. Just the other night, late, <laughs> my wife and I were having one of those uh, discussions. And uh, it was a discussion, not, of anxiety, not between the two of us or those type of things, but there was a particular issue that was just robbing the peace out of our life together. And it, it, and it caused a little friction between the two of us in a moment. And in that moment, I said, you know what? I'm done. I will not, I will not, not be at peace with my wife over stupid. Done. I don't, it, you might need to just be done with something. Hell, I have slept better. Come on, somebody. I have rested better. Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, it's just been so good. Men, submit yourself to each other. This sermon's not about addition. It might be about subtraction. It might be about taking. Let other men in your life. Amen. Amen. Let's be together. Listen, I want you to understand I'm ending just as I started, right? Let's don't overlook the chosenness of being a father. Joseph may seem overlooked because Mary's shadow overshadows her Jesus, but he wasn't overlooked by God. He was so important that God made sure he was the one. You are not overlooked by the Father this morning. I want you to grab that today as a father. I want you to rest in that today as a father. I want you to understand that you should be encouraged as a father that God himself, God himself chose you to be a dad. Yes! God himself chose you to be a dad. Be blessed, men. Because of the chosenness of your call. Stretch your hands towards every man who's standing. And let's pray. Father, we bless these men today. We give you glory for who they are. Thank you, Lord, that you call us up. 
Thank you, Lord. You don't beat us down. You call us up, Lord. You give us a challenge because that, you know, we need it, God. We need that competitive spirit in us, God. And this morning as fathers, Lord, we know we haven't done it right and we often fail. We just stand as men in your presence right now saying thank you for your grace. Thank you that it's new every morning. Thank you that it's renewed and that I can start afresh right now. Lord, give us courage that if we need to face our family and just say, you know, I haven't done it right, but from this day forward, I, I, I covet to do it better. Let our families be full of grace and mercy with embrace. Bless the fathers. Bless the fathers this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, we're going to sing this song over you. We'll sing this song over you, Dad. Stand with the dads or the men in this room if you're sitting. Come on, stand with them right now in this place and let's close with this song. Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And Lord, turn his face toward you. Come on, let's sing it again. Come on, the Lord bless you. Come on, let's sing to our dads. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you. Pray this over our dads right now. Settle it.
children and their children may his favor be upon you in the thousand generations your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you chose them for us and forgive us God for when we've re- we've required them to be perfect when they couldn't be but thank you Lord that you're working in their life and this morning we bless them in Jesus precious name and everyone said come on give the Lord a hand of praise hey turn around and tell a dad you love them and you're thankful for them amen hallelujah hallelujah 